back to the Running Wine Mom podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Selinski, aka the Running Wine Mom. Today, we have a truly inspiring guest with us. Joining us is Lisa, the passionate owner of Hollow House Farm, a sustainable haven nestled in the heart of our community in Bucks County. Lisa and her husband have dedicated themselves to the art of sustainable farming, producing organic vegetables and pasture-raised meats that not only nourish our bodies, but also respect the environment. Today, we dive into their incredible journey, exploring the triumphs and challenges they face while building and running this remarkable farm. As a board member of the Bucks County Conservation District, Lisa is also actively involved in promoting soil and water conservation, advocating for sustainable agriculture practices, and engaging the community in the importance of environmental stewardship. We'll get a closer look at her role and the significant impact she's making on our region. Additionally, we'll discuss the journey of bringing Hollow House Farms products to local farmers markets, discovering the stories behind the farm's table approach and the connection forged with chefs and restaurants in our area. So grab a glass of your favorite wine and get ready to be inspired by Lisa's passion, her dedication to sustainability, and her unwavering commitment to fostering a deeper connection between the food we eat and the land it comes from. So without further ado, let's jump right in and introduce Lisa. Thanks for being on. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. What a beautiful intro. I appreciate all those kind words. (laughs) Yes, well you do. I'm so excited um, to learn, for everyone to learn more about your farm and everything that you guys do. And just, I feel like Bucks County is such a great area for farms and sustainability of it is really important. And I always, there's lots of stuff that's you know, all these builders are trying to come in and like take away the farm. So really to see and talk to someone who's in the mix of having it so be something so important to them. I'm excited for everyone to. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I think the first thing to disclaim is I am not a farmer by experience. So my husband really is the one um, that has been doing this since he graduated school. Um, and I um, have kind of come into it with Hollow House. And um, from my perspective, seeing how farming connects you not only to community, but your local government, um, you know, state government, all these touch points it has has been really interesting um, for me to see how that all ties together and and actually kind of seeing the disconnect um, between it all. Um, and how do we work on bringing that all together? Because just like you said, we we live in an area that has all these beautiful farms. Um, you know, I think sometimes we take it for granted. Um, you know, I lived in yeah. Texas for 10 years and I go back and I'm like, oh, I get my raw milk. I do this. And like my friends are like, oh, yeah, like we can't do that. Um, So just the access to farms is such a beautiful thing here. And it's like to see it being lost um, very rapidly is is scary. So I'm glad that people care about it because that's what we need more of, too. Right. I agree with that. And hopefully this will help others realize how yeah. you really care. Um, so before we start your um, farm, to start each episode, we have our wine, wine, and win of the week segment. This is where we share our favorite bottle of wine or drink, then about mm-hmm. something that has been bothering us and celebrate our recent victory. So grab a glass, take a deep breath, and let's get started. So what is your wine, W-I-N-E of the week? Oh, my wine is definitely, um, it's, we call it literally our house favorite. Um, It's a Central Coast Pinot Noir. Um, It's got a great price point, tastes amazing. Um, And it's from a vineyard out in California that we met through uh, Matt's aunt and uncle. And we just 
family run. Like it's just awesome. And I feel like every time I have it, I'm kind of there. So it's, it's kind of always, it's always around, always can grab it out of the fridge, which is great. I'm definitely going to have to look. I love Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir and Sauvignon Blanc are like my favorite red and white. So Ooh, I always love Yeah. Them. And the Yardley um, liquor store, the wine and spirits there has it. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I will get it next time. <laughs> um, so what is your wine? W-H-I-N-E of the week? Oh man, um, this is going to be related to the farm. Um, so I wish I we videoed ourselves because we are moving our chickens, um, and that's just kind of um, we're just kind of relocating them to a different spot on the property, and we're moving about 125 chickens, and uh, it's it's been a wine. It's been really like running around trying to get them all. Um, moving the actual structures. Um, we're using skid steers. One fell over. I mean, just, yeah, it's just been an inevitable, but yeah, it's definitely been a wine. And I wish I videoed us all chasing <laughs> these chickens around. Like, yeah. How do you idiots. like corral them together? I know my, my husband's from Texas and he's like, all right, we're going to, it's like they're cattle. We're all going to, and I'm like, but they're not like, they yeah. don't listen. Like we're not on horses and they are not just going to move in a group. Like it's oh, not happening. So, so that has definitely been the journey of the week that is leading. So are to they all moved now? <laughs> yes. They're all, they are all moved, okay. which is, which is great. And they're excited because it's a whole new little section for them to forage in, which they love this time of year too, which is great. And what's your win of the week? Oh, my win of the week is I actually got to go to um, one of the conservation district's um, events that they do. They had um, a fish derby for Father's Day. Okay. And it's like this is such a feel good event. Um, it's open to the public. You sign your kid up and they basically have like a fish derby and they're oh. catching fish and they have someone that's weighing them and they have a scoreboard. And so it's like very healthy competition for these little kids, but they're so excited when they bring their fish up. And um, I think being a part of you know the conservation district, getting a chance to see a lot of the members just in one of their activities was just a huge um, win for me to just see um, not only do I see kind of all the great they do when we meet, but just sort of their touch point um, in the community, which was cool to just see firsthand. So awesome. That's so yeah. I'm so glad that we have stuff like that in our community. I know. I was like, there's an age limit on this. I'm like, I would get into this. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. The more like research I do, it's such a great, like for our kids growing up, it's really something that's, I feel even people in the area aren't aware of. And they're like, how do you find all this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. It's on the internet, really. <laughs> there's always something going on. Yeah. And it's Especially like, and you outside. could tell a lot of the kids, they've made a tradition out of it. And especially with it being Father's Day, like it was super cute. Awesome. Um, I also like to ask my guests, um, what are three struggles you've had to overcome leading to where you are now? And what are three things that you are most proud of? Oh, man. Um, so I think struggles um, I've had to overcome are kind of just I think the struggle of trying to stay true to yourself, um, I think that's always kind of challenged in all aspects of your life. And I think when you're younger, it's a lot easier to listen to people. You're kind of like, you don't 
have the strength of your inner voice yet um, of kind of like, wait, no, maybe I actually do know what I'm doing. Like, wait, maybe I am right. And I think I still struggle with it, but I think being aware of it and realizing like, what do I want to stay true to? What do I believe in? Um, that all should be leading me. Um, yes, you can seek advice and mentorships and all that good stuff. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, it's got to come from you. So I just kind of really try to practice that a lot too, and kind of not listen to the chatter uh, as it's hard that we're kind of inundated with um, social media. I always say it's like, even if you aren't comparing or whatever, you're still just consuming. You're seeing these sort of constant highlight reels and constant when it's that, well, why am I not doing that? Why am I not there? And it's kind of finding that voice to say, no, that's okay. I don't need to compare myself to that. Um, that's someone else's journey. So I feel like that's been just a struggle that I've been working through. Um, I think um, some proud moments are definitely just, um, I think having courage, like I kind of moved to Houston on a whim when I graduated college, it kind of led to all of the amazing things that I have now with my husband and us being able to come back here and all that amazing stuff. And I think just currently right now, I'm just so proud of our farm when we got it, it was nothing. It was a piece of land that hadn't been touched in the past 30 years and was before that being proposed to be about eight homes. Wow. So I think to be able to come in and do something that we're just so passionate about and feel so strongly that our community needs is just something I'm just super proud of. So awesome. And I love how you were saying in your struggles that you when you're younger, you don't have the strength of your inner voice. And as you mm -hmm. get older, that kind of builds. And I think that's so important because that is like, I feel as though young teenagers and 20 something year olds, they do have the knowledge, but they just don't know how to mm -hmm. um, really funnel it into how it needs to be said. And um, I think that's so important. And then I also love that you guys are so young and taking over a farm. Like it's not just older generations of running the farms in Bucks County, which is what I think stereotypically people think it's just a generational farms, but you guys just came in and built it kind of out of nothing. So it definitely, I know um, it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you, you first step is you, know, you guys have it. Now you just build up from there. It's that easy, right? <laughs> yes. Seeing the vision is key. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into a little bit of fitness as well. Yeah. What is your favorite way to stay active? So thankfully with the farm, that is just great. Um, right. especially when we're in season. Um, you know, I say I, I get about 25,000 steps just on average, wow. which is amazing. Like I, it shocks me sometimes, but doesn't surprise me. So I think yeah. that's just been great for my overall wellness. Um, but I've always been like a gym or, you know, sort of cycling, kind of whatever, like a membership sort of thing, because I just find community in that. I've always mm -hmm. found community in fitness. Um, when I moved to Houston, I was joining a yoga studio, joining this. That's how I found a way to connect with people and make friends. And I've always just I've seen the power of it. You see these amazing groups of people. They'll do fundraisers. You, you, they become parts of your family almost. And I think 
there's so much that can be found um, in that community um, that I just love. So yes, those are definitely my favorite things. You've got me wanting to go check out the Newtown uh, uh, Club. That place looks amazing. Yeah, sign me up. It's so it's such like it's only five minutes from our house, which is awesome. And like, oh yes, that's key too. Convenience. It's so convenient. The kids love going. Like they have a great kids program, and then they have like fundraisers, and they really everything's included, which is nice. I can go and do whatever I want really at any time of the day, which is the most important thing. Yeah, amazing. What you when you were saying about like a gym having community to it, that's for me very important as well because I remember like one year in probably my twenties, I was like, you know what, I'm not gonna join a gym this year. I'm just gonna do I think I was doing like P90X or insanity. I'm like, I can do it. Like I can stay on track. And I did, but I gained so much weight that year just because I felt as though I I don't know. I wasn't like a part of anything. And it was like, yeah, I'll get to it later. I'll get to it tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I feel like once you're at the gym, you're like okay, I'm here. I might as well do something. And you get it done. You see your friends and you have I was going to say, yeah, there's like a social component to it that I think is so, whether it's you're checking in and you're, you mm-hmm. talk to someone, like all those little things start to add up and you realize like, well, you know, this person's birthday, or this person's got a big job interview or something. And there's this support, even if it's just so like, hey, have a great day. Like I, it's like, we've robbed ourselves of so many of those interactions and- I think as many of those sort of situations you can put yourself in, it's only going to be more positive. Like everyone always says, you always feel better after you work out. And it's like, it's so true though. It may be really hard to get there some days. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You're just like, no. Um, But it's like that you always do feel better. And it's like, that's worth a lot too. So I agree. And so how do you stay motivated to maintain your fitness routine and, you know, being so active on the farm and um, it's hard to get extra motivation, (laughs) even though I mean, you're working out, like you said, you get all those steps and everything. So it's kind of like mindless working out, but yeah, it's interesting. I kind of noticed like an ebb and flow, um, basically October through February, there's not much too much activity happening on the farm. Um, so I feel like that's when I'm really into like a good gym schedule. I've got a routine and I'm pretty consistent. Um, now that we've got basically April through October, it's like, we're hustling. Um, and I've kind of just learned that rhythm. And now I've realized if I don't get to the gym at five in the morning, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I kind of take the mindset of discipline, like, okay, I need to do this. I know I always feel better from it and I need to do it. And it's kind of like that showing up for yourself. It's like, and it kind of gets my mind ready for the day. It's like, I've already done this. I feel strong. Like I just lifted some weights, like I'm mm-hmm. ready to take, like it, it definitely has that sort of mental switch for me. And that's kind of what I'm addicted to. Like, I like that, like powerfulness, that feeling strong kind of translates to my confidence. Yeah, I totally, that's what I, before kids was such a morning workout person. Now it's a little bit harder, but like, I love being able to go to the gym at like five 30 in the morning and then being like, I just did stuff for myself. I didn't mm-hmm. just get up and go right into work, which I mean, I, you have to do it, but I feel like it just, like you said, set up such a different mindset where you're like, okay, I did this and I did something that's 
good for me and now the rest of the day I can do for others. Yeah, it just sets a such a good like mindset for me for the day, which I just appreciate. It's like I over and it's like when you overcome something at the gym, like that's kind of the beauty of like working out too. It's like you start to feel better, you start to look better, you start to, it's like all those things that directly correlate with your confidence too. And I sometimes it's like I can lift something heavier and that translates into like I'm at the farm and I'm like, I got this 50, I can do this. Um, and I think that's just so powerful and amazing. Um, and yeah, so movement is definitely like any way you can get it. I'm like, do it, do it to it. <laughs> so besides time, what struggles do you have with staying um, healthy and getting your, I would say like definitely, um, the diet component of it. I would say I am very fortunate that I can eat off the farm. And I will say, um, you know, last year was essentially our first full season of growing. And, and I mean, I lost 30 pounds. Wow. And, you know, yes, I, you know, am very active on the farm and, and working out and stuff. But I think a huge component of it was just eating right from the farm, being able to just harvest, throw zucchinis, squash right on the grill, just eating so locally and in season. Um, I know we hear this all the time of how important it is, but it's like, I just did it. And like, it was amazing. Um, so I just, I feel like that was a huge, like, but it's hard to do that. And I understand I'm not like, I have access to it in a way that not everybody does. Um, but I think that is key, but it's, it's hard to do. It's like, we like to go out to eat. Um, that's kind of our way to find a way to get off the farm and uh, whatnot. So yeah, I would say diet is definitely, <laughs> I like to I enjoy think... things. Yeah, same. I, I, know. Just, it's like... I don't restrict myself. I'm like, I want ice cream. It's summer. It's just yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I feel like I do try to eat like for the seasons, but also that comes with like in the winter, very comfort food. Like oh, yeah. And those kind of pies and then the winter and the summer while there's lots of fruit there's also lots of ice cream so <laughs> it's all about balance exactly um what do you wish you learned earlier in life about your fitness and nutritional health uh i think just doing it for yourself like in houston the food scene is really good there so i'm gonna blame the food a lot on weight gain there but i would work out like rigorously like i'm talking like pilates cycling doing all these very like trendy things joining different studios and i think a lot of it was being fueled by like okay well this is what i should do like this is what i'm seeing on social media like this person does pilates and like they look amazing so i should do that um and i think it just was until i was like i'm just gonna do what feels good for me and i'm gonna mm -hmm. do what i enjoy that i actually started to see um a difference. Um, right. So I don't know what that, you know, is, but that's kind of just been my experience when I just was like, I'm going to just do this for me um, and that's not so, yeah. other people. So important. It's like, if you like, you know, running 20 miles a day, which, or like you, or you like doing yoga for mm -hmm. you know an hour a day, like that's, I think the most important thing is really because once you find the movement that you love, it's mm -hmm. easy to do. And then it's just, you're there because you like it rather than you're like, oh, I have to do this. Mm -hmm. 
I used to belong to a CrossFit type gym, which I love so much, but I would get very frustrated because I would look at the workout and be like, I don't really want to do that mm. workout today. Um, and that's why I love the knack because it's like I could do whatever I feel like that day and there's endless options. So that I definitely agree with that. I know I need to go there. It really yeah. looks like every time you go, I'm like, I feel like this is like a magical place. They have it everything. Is. It really is. I, I was there earlier today. <laughs> like I love going there and it being a part of my routine. So we'll definitely have a day for you to come and we can go. Sit yeah, there. I would love <laughs> that. But, um, so lastly, in the fitness section, can you talk about your, the relationship between mental health and physical fitness? Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a huge connection between it and just kind of what I was saying earlier. It's like you, even when I can feel myself being a little low, mm -hmm. like I even just have little weights near me and I'll just like do some movement, like get whether that's going for a walk, like whatever that is. And I think there's just something to be said about how it makes you feel better. Um, that serotonin release, it's that, you know, even when you're walking, you know, you're not so in your head because you're like, taking in your surroundings, like, you know, your blood pressure may go down if you're, you know, anxious, like there's just all of these things that, that are so positive from movement. And I feel like I'm hyper aware, you know, I'm mm -hmm. definitely hyper aware of it. And I definitely know when like, I haven't been to the gym in a few days, like, I'm like, right. Ugh. like, I just don't, I just don't feel good. Right. Um, and I think, it definitely has a strong um, correlation. And I think that's why I'm such an advocate for like, whatever it is, get out there and, and do something um, yeah. because you're, you're going to feel better. Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get into Hollow House. Why don't you start off? Tell us about the origins of it. What inspired you to start the venture? So I feel like the big backstory here is, um, so I was in Houston. Um, my background is PR and marketing. So um, I'm from Bucks County, did a lot of really great internships with, you know, firms in Philadelphia, like really thought I was going to like be in New York, like Samantha from Sex and the City PR. Like I was like, yeah, sign me up. Um, I think anyone in that field can tell you like you will work like a crazy person and there's a million other people that kind of want your job or they can pretty easily replace you because um, it's pretty desired, I would say. Um, so very humbling and lots of like learning experiences there. But then I was just kind of like I graduated and I had family in Texas and I was like, let's just try it. Um, I had super supportive parents. I think that's critical too, especially being like young. And I think they could have been like, this is a bad idea. Don't do this. Like, Mm, did you think about like, and instead they were so supportive. And I think that actually probably helped me go knowing like, well, if this all does go bad, I knew they would come rescue me, but they, you know, believed in me. And I think that is a lot, um, a lot of power. Um, so I'm very thankful for that. And so um, that's where Matt's from. So um, we actually kind of know each other through our family friends, kind of throughout our whole lives. But it wasn't really until I was in Houston that we sort of connected. And he was starting his business then um, called Sustainable Harvesters. And that is basically just a sustainable farm focusing on aquaponics. So he basically 
um, built about a 20,000 square foot facility, um, which is actually like one of the largest in the U.S. And I, you know, was the girlfriend, the fiance to the spouse kind of through all of that. Um, so I feel like very cool to just see him grow this. And, um, you know, his passion has always been like, there's ways to grow sustainable food in a really great way. Like, why don't people have access to healthy local food? Like, it was such a like, and it still is. He's just like, that's his driving force. He's like, I don't get it. There's this method. We can do this. You can drop these down. Um, in really remote locations, like why, why aren't more people doing this? Um, and just watching him build and grow that business in Houston uh, was really incredible. Like working with chefs and restaurants and doing farmers markets, uh, but it was this very commercial infrastructure, very mm -hmm. big greenhouses, and we'd go in and it was really beautiful and all these things. But I was always just looking at it from this like, how is somebody connect? Like, how is the average person like me connecting with this? Because this is super cool. Like, what you're doing is awesome like people love your products but like, we're missing this connection you know we'd meet people at the farmers markets and they'd want to come toward the farm well that's kind of the interesting thing in texas farms aren't near the city there and there's not many so they're you know 30 miles away so there's not this oh i can just come to the farm and pick strawberries and hang out you know like mm -hmm. that wasn't but i would see this like need i'm like gosh these people want to learn more. They want this touch point, but the way his farm was just really wasn't set up for that. Uh, and then 2020 happened and uh, kind of overnight, Matt lost essentially all of his business because of restaurants. Right. Yeah. And at that point he was going through distribution channels where his product was going to Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, and all those distribution channels restaurants were closed and so it was just this like whoa we didn't really like think about this um and kind of just threw a, a wrench sort of in things thankfully that's one of the best things about local farms is when stuff like that happens your community really needs to rely on you um so he was donating thousands of pounds to the houston food bank um because people were going to the grocery stores and there wasn't there, there wasn't a lot of stuff um i think we can yeah. kind of all remember that time it was kind of crazy and so kind of right around that timing too a property came up that is happens to be like right down the street from my parents and i've been dying i've really been trying to get back to Bucks County. And it was just kind of timing. I don't know that unless that happened with Matt's business at that time, would he have ever had a moment to be like, okay, let me stop what I'm doing here. That's really amazing. And just start over. Mm -hmm. And that's a reality that I kind of give him a lot of brownie points for, for doing yeah. that. And I'm very aware of, of what he's done. Um, <laughs> Cause that is essentially what he's done. He's gone from all that infrastructure and building that business to essentially coming here in an area that even aquaponics, is, it's very, it's not around. There's not any other farms doing that um, kind of coming into a new territory to um, start, start over. And I think it's, it's been humbling for him in a lot of ways because in Texas, it's like he was kind of the expert in the field. These He had people flying in from all over the states to tour his facility. He had this very unique touch point and relationship. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what spurred uh, this big sort of jump and we realized with my, sort of my background and what I enjoy doing, which is 
ultimately telling a story, right? I always say PR is finding a way to tell a story and um, Matt sort of being the muscle behind it, the legitimacy. He is a farmer. He knows what he's doing, um, all that good stuff. And how do we create a space that blends the two worlds? Because I'm sure too, you've been to farms here and they're, they are, they're these huge working farms and they really aren't accessible to the public, which I totally understand. They can't be. Um, and I think seeing that unique opportunity here of how do we create a space that speaks to sort of all methods of farming um, in a natural landscape that lets people kind of just connect um, in that casual way too. So long story short, uh, yeah, that's kind of what spurred uh, the big move back and mm -hmm. starting Hollow House. <laughs> So how have you um, brought up here, you said that down there, there was a lot of the sustainability farming practices. What um, have you done to transition up here with that in the community? Yeah, so um, one of the first things we did, um, and this is kind of like something I hope to put together for just future farmers or people that are just interested in because um, a farm is just 10 acres, um, you classify to be a farm. So there's a lot of even homeowners that there's a lot of things that they have access to, to improve their property that we can all learn from. And I think the best thing we did was we got involved with the NRCS program, um, which is through the USDA. And they actually just will come map out your property and put together like a 10 year plan for you. Um, basically on like conservation, whether that's, you know, you're planting your cover crops, like, and I tell you, I wish I had their packet with me. Like these people are amazing. Like, I mean, the detail and the planning and the guidance they give you, um, is quite remarkable. And it's one of those things that I just don't even know if people know, um, that this is a resource or that they would actually be applicable for it. So that's kind of where I hope to going through hollow house almost put together this like how-to guide um because yeah. going through it myself i'm like this is actually like very hard if you don't know what you're looking for or you right. don't it is a lot it's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of websites there's a lot it can quickly become overwhelming um and you're just like okay so i feel like that resource like getting that resource that game plan for our property was key um and then just we kind of say just having everything work in harmony. That's one of the main components, even of aquaponics. I mean, it's a natural ecosystem. Um, and so we have our aquaponics, we do regenerative ag. So we do, you know, a whole field that's just committed to, um, you know, those practices. And that's really um, a big focus for, you know, farms here to take on more sustainable practices because the simplest way to put it is, you know, these fields, they're, they're getting turned up year after right. year after year that soil depletes so now you're growing and basically no nutrition and okay. the thought with regenerative ag there is you're basically for everything you're taking out you're resupplementing back in okay. and that is just so important for every farmer to do because we our goal is to leave the land as we found it if not better Mm -hmm. um, at least that's the approach we take. Um, right. And that's just very important to us. And we're always learning too. Thankfully, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's all these other uh, farmers that are out here kind of um, taking 
taking on properties and um, lots to learn there. And then we do, we have our chickens, so they're a part of it all too. So they kind of actually work as like a little natural pesticide for us. They come through, they'll clean up um, our gardens, they get all the ticks, which is really amazing. And then we actually use their compost basically in our garden. So again, going back to that sort of like regenerative ag, everything kind of has a purpose. We utilize, we have a ton of bees. We've got a pretty big apiary. Um, our bees are doing great this year. That's awesome. um, and even just where we position them, it's like they go into our gardens, they pollinate for us. Um, we grow cover crops specifically for them. We plant native gardens specifically for pollinators. So there's always... I would say just an intention um, behind kind of why are we doing this? What is it going to improve? What is it going to make better? But it's a lot and it's super overwhelming. And I always say you can, you start small. Right. Yeah. <laughs> start That's small. Awesome. Wow. That's so neat. You can hear about how the animals and the insects can all work together to help mm -hmm. and, and to hear you just break it down. is really neat to um, know that that's, really in practice which is cool yeah and it's even just like planting certain herbs or we'll do certain flowers on the out outside of our beds um something that you probably have seen going to wineries they always have a rose bush at the end they do mm -hmm. that for pest control oh, so it actually attracts all the bugs to yeah. that plant huh um, so it looks beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I know. See, neither, neither did I. So I just think there's just so much. I take that approach with the farm. I'm like, no, people don't know this. Um, right. But then as I learn it and the light bulbs go off for me and I see how like, oh my gosh, I think if people just knew this, they would do it or yeah. find a way to, or just be happy to know. And there's so much power in that. And just going back to like, I just see that disconnect but i see mm -hmm. it so close yeah. um yeah and that's kind of the goal with hollow house is to cap like give people that space to make that <laughs> right. connection so there's lots of buzzwords around like farming products like organic and pasture-raised meat uh, organic vegetables and pasture-raised meat like, how do you ensure the quality and freshness of all of your products yes <laughs> Um, I know it's so overwhelming. I totally get that. Um, I always like my best advice for people that are like, really concerned about like where their food's coming from and what they're eating and they want to ensure all these things. Like best thing you can do is just go to the farm. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost like you'll, you can tell really quickly. Like, I just feel like even in my own experiences, like how a farm is based on the people who who run it, you know, I think right. it's just clearly evokes, you know, when best practices are being used, when people care about, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, I haven't gone to a farm around here that hasn't evoked that. But yeah, I would just say do, do your sort of research in that, because I would say, you know, I know there's a lot of um, farms that you know, everything they're doing is organic, but they don't have an organic certification because maybe they didn't want to spend the thousands of dollars to get that certification and they needed it for infrastructure. But if you went to their farm, they could easily tell you, we don't use any pesticides. I just think it's very evident when you're looking at a farm to kind of, right. you can kind of just see what are they doing. Um, but yeah, I would just say like, kind of do your own research and 
don't buy into the buzzwords as much as you should. I feel like right. anything at the grocery store, they can really say whatever. I'm pretty like, that's the con like where I've come yeah. to. I'm like, they say free range, but then it's like up to, I think it's like, it's very limited. It's, it's very overwhelming to try to understand. So I would say if you could find a farm or your farmer's market is again, like farmer's market is another great place. That's probably the best place to know where your food's coming from and it's legit and, you know, grown with love. Like these people are, you know, growing it from seed to hand mm -hmm. to you. And I think that's the sort of most sustainable ways to get it because it's traveling the least amount too. Cause that's kind of where you run into, you know, your food safety issues. And that's why we love doing, you know, Wrightstown farmer's market. I mean, it's four miles away from the farm. So mm -hmm. people are getting crops that were harvested maybe four hours ago. And there's just wow. like, and I'm sure you, you know, you've had this experience too. It's fresh local food just tastes better. It just, it it just does. And I always tell people, I'm like, I don't have to sell you on my product. I right. like, you're either just going to like experience them and realize you have been missing out. Or, and that's kind of what I just hope for everyone. And that they've, and thankfully, like I keep saying, we have a lot of farms around us. So right. we, we can find those options. We can get local eggs. Um, we can get raw milk, um, which is amazing. So that's awesome. That's such a good explanation of it. I feel like every grocery store store just like flats organic and then raises the price. And it's like, but like, where's it from? What? Like, mm -hmm. you don't know, like the barriers and the limitations of it, basically. So that's one thing definitely that I love going to the farmers markets and, and supporting local farms. Well, and we see the threat of it because Matt specializes in like leafy greens and when those salmonella breakouts happen and lettuce prices surge at the grocery store, but your farm is fine. Your farmer's fine. Right. And I think in those moments, and that's what I think I've noticed the most, even in the post COVID people kind of saw that mm -hmm. and they experienced it and it's made them come a little bit more self-sustainable. Maybe it's empowered them to know a little bit more of how could I source this if I can't get to the grocery store. Like, what yeah. is that reality? And I think that's great. I think self-sustainability is great too. <laughs> so you guys have a little bit of the farm to table approach. Have you guys um, linked up with any restaurants in the area yet? Or is that like a goal of yours? Uh, so we haven't yet. That is definitely an outlet that we want to go down. I think right now we're just so in the infrastructure of our property and mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day. and we do our farm stand mm -hmm. which is super awesome and we eventually will have an ag retail shop so we're really trying to just tr you know train people getting used to coming into the farm they can get their products um so i think um eventually yes like, that is a goal but but yeah i'm like just trying to think it's like moving a groove in there no that's awesome because i think um when I met you in the spring, you were talking about maybe doing your own farm to table dinners, the events or something like that, which would be really cool eventually. Yeah. And that's where I think farm to table dinners, it's the best way for people to connect with the farm. Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful chance for them to come see it, get a nice tour. And then there's just something about uh, we've had the service brothers. I'm not sure if you know them, but they're yeah, awesome chefs. Yeah. yeah, they're awesome. We've had them come and it's like, you're grabbing stuff from the farm, cooking it, having this wonderful dinner and just seeing the walls go down between people. And like, they just, 
So I always say amazing things happen around the table, food, wine, a farm. To me, there's really actually nothing better. Um, And yeah, and I'm definitely, I'm super inspired by, I think it's, they're out in the field. They do these really epic farm to table dinners. And I definitely have experienced so many that I have just gone to that I just love. And I think we live in a time and age where we, or at least for me, I value experience. We like to share. I went to this awesome dinner at this awesome farm and I met blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's like, I think, and I hope more people are leaning into those experiences in life. And maybe you don't have to go to go out to dinner, maybe skip a few and then save up and go to a farm to table dinner. Um, Because I'll tell you the farmer, people don't get into farming for money. Um, Right. Be the first to say that. Uh, I would like to change that for farmers. Uh, it's definitely something I'm very passionate about. And this is just one of the ways to do it. It helps, you know, when people come and they share the farm, you know, the power in that, like just the word of mouth um, and having that positive experience with it. And then, you know, ideally people become more familiar with your products. Maybe they'll, right. you know, shop there um, or just, again, promoting that connection to, a local business. Um, I think we're big. We don't want to do it all either. And so how do right. we utilize events like that to bring in other small businesses? Um, I'm the first to say like, I can't do it all. I totally believe in synergy and working with others. And um, we planned to farm to table, table dinner last year. And it was like Blair from the Newtown studio. I know her through the farmer's market. She just made me all these beautiful little things for the guests. Yeah, and I was just like, great. Amazing. But it's those little intentional things that now people coming are being exposed to a few other local businesses. Um, And there's just, I totally believe in the power of that. And I think, I mean, small businesses truly need it too. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yes, it's all about, and I feel like so many small businesses that I know, they just want to help each other. And then Mm -hmm. that's how, that's really how they grow. Um, There's so many great, um, businesses just in Bucks County in general that are run by just amazing people and um, such a strong group of women too that run yes. a lot of businesses. Um, yeah. So when people come to your farm, like they can go on tours or what are some of the things that you offer? Yeah. You so, so what we're um, kind of trying to position ourselves to do um, is kind of host the more frequent, just like community days, mm-hmm. or we want to call them sort of hollow house hangouts. Um, mm. Just keeping them in that sort of casualness. I feel like how it is like when you go almost to a winery or a brewery, mm-hmm. there's this you're getting to come on site, you're experiencing sort of their production, what they have going on, but then you, know, you can have your own experience. There's seating, there's that component to it. And so we're in the process of actually restoring the barn that's on the property. Okay. And that's what's really cool. We've tracked our property back to like 1735. Wow. And we still have a lot of the like original sort of up these like foundations. Uh, I wish we still had the house intact. We have one wall, um, <laughs> but there's something so beautiful. We've had a Mason come out and he's like, yeah, a family just pulled these field stones out and built this house. That's crazy. And I, so cool. I have such nostalgia, like for that yeah. time where that's what families did. They mm-hmm. built homes, communities, helped them build a barn. There's, and Bucks County is so rich of that history. And it's, 
it's getting lost. Yeah. And like, that's why I feel very um, kind of like I have to continue to tell this story here right. and show the evolution of farming and kind of where it started, where it's been and where it's going. And I think that's kind of when we talk about like sustainable farming, um, I mean, it has to be the future of farming. And I think yeah. that's where Matt and I feel like we want to be key leaders in like, how do we a inspire people to choose this? Because I, I don't know many who do, if you just, like you were saying, it's generational and yeah. we're, we've lost a lot of generations. Um, yeah. Kids aren't doing it. Kids like, are when their parents are no longer here, they try to get the most money for the property and it gets subdivided. And we're seeing that kind of all over the place. And it's like, what are we going to, like, I sit there and I'm like, what are we going to do about it? Um, yeah. you know, as I'm literally in the field, like, I'm like, who is teaching people how to do this stuff? Because I am very concerned. And I think that's sort of what ignites my passion in it because farmer, it's hard for them to buy land. Um, mm -hmm just the financing for that like there and so how do we find ways and that's connecting it back to local government state government and having those conversations like you guys want to preserve all this property you guys want to do all these things and we say farmland farmers are so important but like what are we doing to support them and really empower them in this next generation to be able to farm and keep the land intact so lots of lots of big things to solve as I say that, I'm like, whoo, I don't know that I can solve all those things. All right. I think that's a good place for us to stop of part one of this two-part episode. This was an amazing conversation so far with Lisa, the owner of Hollow House Farm. We talked about the origins of their sustainable haven and explored the remarkable journey they embarked upon to bring us fresh organic produce. But don't worry, there's more to come in part two. We'll shift our focus to Lisa's role as a board member of the Bucks County Conservation District and the beautiful synergy of working alongside her husband as business business partners on the farm. Before we wrap up, I want to share an exciting event that Hollow House Farm will be hosting on Friday, July 28th at 6 p.m. They're collaborating with the talented Bucks County photographer Moods of Motherhood for a snip and savor event. This will be an opportunity to connect with local vendors, including the mouthwatering local harvest pizza while celebrating the beauty of the farm. For more information about this event, make sure to visit Hollow House Farms' Instagram page at Hollow House Farms. So mark your calendars and stay tuned for part two, where we will continue our conversation with Lisa, diving into her impactful work on the Bucks County Conservation Board and the dynamic journey of running Hollow House Farm alongside her husband. As always, make sure to like, subscribe, and share this podcast and follow along at the running wine mom underscore. Until next time, keep running, keep sipping, and keep supporting those local farmers.